0: what's up joe what's up everybody does god care about sports about who wins or loses athletic contests while some treat sports as if it is religion is there any connection between the games we play and god or like separation between church and state is there a separation between church and sports our next guest pastor david n hunter senior believes God and sports intersect, and he pursues his belief through his sports blog, GodAndSports.net, and through his new book, Upsets, Comebacks, and Turnarounds. He joins us today to talk about it all. I'm Jeff Fennell, and this is Sports 360. glad today to have with us Pastor David N. Hunter Sr., who is the author of a new book called Upsets, Comebacks, and Turnarounds. And the book examines the intersection of God and sports and the connection of sports and spirituality. Uh, Pastor Hunter is also the author of a, a blog of called GodAndSports.net, and he's here today to talk to us about his new book, his blog, uh, Sports, God, and whatever else is on his heart and mind. So, Pastor Hunter, glad to have you with us
1: today. Pastor yes, you know, thank you so much for having us. Uh, we are so excited about uh, what God is doing, and we uh, decided to talk about, like you said, the intersection of God and sports, and sports and life, and how it affects us. Uh, more than we think. Yeah. I tell you, I've been looking forward
0: to this conversation for weeks now because I just think it has so many layers to it. And, I, you know, I'm just looking to dive right into it. And, um, you know, I, I read the book um, I and, um, you know, we're going to talk about that in a bit. Um, but when I was reading your bio at mm. the back of the book, one mm-hmm. of the things it said was that uh, in addition to being, you know, a pastor, and you know, you have your masters of divinity from Regent University, and you know, you've done mission trips, all those things. I knew. The mm-hmm. thing I did not know was that you were a former athlete. Okay. I didn't know that. Now, um, yes, sir, tell me about that. What 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 did you do? Did you did you play ball? Did you run track?
1: Man, I'm a track man. I'm a okay. I love ball, but I don't have the grace for ball. I'll just say it like that. I don't. You know, uh, them them beautiful, you know, um, layups with a finger roll into the bucket, I could never do that. So, you know, I, I tried, man. I could do it in my head, but. <laughs> so, you know what? I ran track. I ran track four years, four year letterman track captain the last senior year and my favorite memory was running at Penn relays uh my senior year and i think i ran one of my favorite times uh fastest times in the quarter which is the grow man's race by the way you know uh-huh. 400 meters now but when i was going up it was a 440 uh, yard dash so i think i ran a 51 which which is not really great you know i mean they're running your know, world records you know 40 low 40s but I felt great running a race. I had a great kick. Um I just I just love running and I love that quarter mile race, man. That is a man's race.
0: Mm. Okay. And I should have known it might have been track because, you know, you have even today you still have that lean physique. You know what I mean? <laughs> so Well,
1: <laughs> I, I, I I ran the hurdles too. Now we're in really good at the hurdles, better at the quarter, but they called me my my, my classmates' nickname for me was Ronaldo Nehemiah you know back in the day and so he was a big maryland track star at the time and i went to maryland so that was the connection they knew i was going to maryland and uh you know just just running track is 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 i think for me very liberating uh it, it it's individual but it's a team sport and um yeah you know, i really enjoyed running the quarter mile because you have to it's a full-out sprint you know, you're starting the block, you have to start fast, you have to maintain pace, and you have to have a kick. So, man, you can preach all those aspects, you know, in life. You have to start well. Even if you don't, you can end well, but you need to be able to pace yourself for that entire quarter mile, if you will, and oh. it it's a great race. Sure,
0: sure. All right, so, I, you know, when I saw that, I said I definitely have to delve into that a little bit um so uh you're a track man Um, yeah man
1: did you run track at all
0: nah i mean when i was a kid you know when you know in the summertime when you know back in the day when you know we had imagination and we spent time outside and you know we played with balls and sticks and this and that we used to have races too you know what i mean and so yeah that's as far as it went um no, no, I never did run track. I had a brother who ran track, but I never I, I never participated.
1: Okay, okay. Well, I'll just quickly say, and I'm thinking ahead, but I'm thinking about some of my impetus for writing about God in sports was Paul
2: mm-hmm. when he
1: talked about the runner. He said, you know, you, you know ye not that they which run in a race run all. Mm-hmm. Right? You run yep. all, meaning you give it all you got and and that is god glorifying so paul talked about the runner he talked about the boxer right mm-hmm. that's about, right um, we we we, we wrestle nuts so we talked about wrestling mm. um paul would have subscribed to sports illustrated if it was available <laughs> I would. paul paul would have watched sports center right. right he would have back in the day because of the athletes you know the 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 greco-roman games it bled into his writing, and that's what his hearers understood. They understood running, they understood boxing and wrestling, and they understood sport and how it translated to life.
0: Mm. That's good stuff, right there. And so yeah. I, I want to delve into this because, obviously, as a as a as a former athlete and you know um, someone who has a passion for sports the way you do, and also as a as a man of faith, right? You. Even as right now, you talked about Paul would have read Sports Illustrated and Red Sports yeah. Center or watched Sports Center. You you you're a man of faith, and so you you see God, you see the hand of God in life, and that includes sports. Um, when did that sort of take hold for you? Is that something that's always been a part of you? Did, can you pinpoint a time where it really started to take root in you, this sort of intersection and between God and sports?
1: it's a good question man i have to go through my notes but um just speaking about the book upsets comebacks and turnarounds uh but god bless me to finish this year i started writing this book at least 10 i might even say 15 years ago man i would just write snippets and kind of messages that i spoke i would keep them and piece them together and i have obviously a lot more material as most writers do than what was published so i wrestled with who to write about over those years and i'd say at least 15 preacher um Mm -hmm. i would write about the ones in the book obviously that made the the cut this time were my favorites i love i love leah's story uh about how she dealt with uh rejection and god blessed her to have boys when you know her her sister was barren i wrote about ruth and i love her comeback story i wrote about moses and the battle with the I wrote about jonathan uh, and i love writing about little known stories so his battle with the philistines was intriguing to me and then finally of course uh, i wrote about elisha but i wrote a lot of different stories and i preached a lot of different messages over the years about others in the bible and i try to i try to write and speak in such a way that i compare their life with an athlete's life so as I go through my notes, I look at, I wrote about, like I said, the, the woman at the well. Mm-hmm. She had a great turnaround with God. Uh, a lot of New Testament stories. This this version of the book is strictly Old Testament. I want to write about David in the future. But I think it started for me because I've always loved watching sports. Um, and my boys, I guess, i have really created monsters, man. We, we talk sports and anything else, my sons, DJ, uh, and Daniel. <laughs> So like I said, I talked to them. We were talking before we got on the air. But during the week, man, I talked to my boys, man. I just love talking to them and especially now talking to playoffs. So we've talked like this since they were young. And uh, I just love – they feed me. They, they give me ideas for writing. And so talking to you gives me ideas and gives me energy and gives me what to write about and gives me new dimensions and levels to discuss yeah
0: i mean that's that that's that's good stuff and you know um when I was reading the book um you know it it gave me you know a perspective on so many things right um you know it was interesting to me how you were taking the stories of you know you know whether it was Jonathan or Moses or elijah and 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 bringing in this you know the sports metaphors. Um, mm-hmm. you uh, were bringing up movies that I hadn't heard about in a long, you know, or thought about in a long time. Cinderella Man, yeah, Rudy, man. you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you were into, you know, into weaving those into um, the the narrative. And I just thought, and then at the same time, you know, you were true to scripture, right? Yeah. And so yeah. we had all of this going on, right? Yeah. You know, so for the sports fan. Um, you know, you you were able to speak to them, but then it was also this this opportunity to be fed and nourished, you know, and, mm-hmm. in terms of some of the biblical principles that you were sharing. And I thought together, it was a really powerful mix. And um, you have to be happy about, you know, being able to mm-hmm. capture that. I mean, you know, every artist and writer or whatever, at some point, you know, you're into your work, but then you're able to take a step back. As you take a step back and look at it, how do you feel yeah. about you know the the outcome of the book
1: bless you sir i am elated pastor finnell i i really am i think this is this is a dream come true for me um just like the team in the locker room at the beginning of the season you know dreams about winning the championship and and it actually comes to pass that's how i feel um i want to use the philadelphia 76 analogy we were talking about my sixes that's my sixes by the way <laughs> That's right. Um, And Simmons, man. And so so the coach who I, I was really hard on the coach during this playoff series, but he said something that was powerful. He said, if you would have told us in the locker room the first day of preseason, of training camp, that we would win, the Sixers would win 52 games, and that we would be third in the Eastern Conference, and that we would make it to the second round of the playoffs, he said we would have been bouncing off the wall. He said, "No one in their wildest dreams in that locker room predicted that they would do as well as they did," and and that's how I feel. I, I it came out the cover design, uh, as you said, the interweaving of of scripture and the narrative of Old Testament stories and the movies, which I love, and the hymns. Man, I I, I wove in a lot of songs that I love to sing and weaving that all together, it it touches so many levels, um, and so I am i am tickle pink. My, my phrase is um, elephant glad and hippopotamus happy, uh, and I just, <laughs> I, I am, and I really, I pray this book blesses many. You know, I'll say this. They say that your writers are supposed to narrow their focus to a specific audience, and um, so I said, okay, well, you know, a lot of people like sports, so I'll just write it to people who love sports. But I think this goes beyond that. It goes to the people to those who, as I said on the back cover, to those who have gone through tough times, that's who the book is for. So I know that's kind of broad, and the publishers really not crazy about that focus, but it is focused on those that are looking for God or or just looking for some way to get out of their situation. They're looking for a turnaround, they're looking for. To upset the apple cart and get out of the box they're in, and they're looking to come back from being way, way down. That's who the book is for. And so I'm elated it came out this way, and I pray it reaches a broad audience. I'll do my best, and you're helping me there to reach as many people as we can
0: with this message. Yeah, no, no question. And you know, one of the things that you know that has always been the truth, but I think it is is resonating even more powerfully today when it comes to, you know, you're a pastor, you know, I'm a pastor, you know, right? we want to reach people with, with, with the love of God and the word of God. And, yes. you know, you have to meet people where they are. Right? right. And so, you know, we know that in this society, man, there is a love affair with sports yes. like none other. Right. Absolutely. And so to me, you know, I view it as that's some, you know that's some real fertile ground right there, you know, yes, sir um, if you can make that connection with something that so many people are passionate about and yet use that as an as as an entry point
1: mm-hmm. to
0: something greater
1: i I agree with you wholeheartedly man, and this is this is the irony of of the book. The cover of the book has a photo that I just love. I will love this photo forever. It's a photo of. Coach Jimmy Valvano, after North Carolina State beat the Houston Five Slamma Jamma team, right? (laughs) Right. That was highly favored. This is 1982. And Houston was highly favored because they had Clyde Drexler and Hakeem Olajuwon. The nickname for Houston was Phi Slamma Jamma. They they, They were a slam dunk show. And so the irony of the championship game is that Houston did not have one dunk in that game, not one. Because NC State slowed the pace down. NC State won the game on a dunk. Man, right. and you you can you can't make this up. Right. You see know what I'm saying? And so the victory, which I love, and this is it, it's more of triumph because God gives us the triumph in him. Victory is great. But Triumph is just leaving no question that you're number one. So the fans, the fans are carrying Jimmy Balbano in like a mosh pit. And he has his hands up raised, and everyone's hands are lifted, lifting him up. So many powerful, powerful themes coming out that picture. So, you know, one of my friends said when they saw the cover of the book, they said, oh, I look forward to reading about Jimmy Balbano. And you Uh know what? I honestly can tell you I did not it did not hit me that I didn't write about Jimmy Bovano's book till that moment. And I said, oh my God. <laughs> I didn't even write a, a I didn't write anything about it because in my mind, the picture speaks a thousand words. I will I will deal with that in another book. That's one thing I would change, but I believe that picture speaks to what I'm writing about. Overwhelming victory, overcoming insurmountable odds and that's what that picture speaks to me about and and it's about joy right they're, they're they're happy they're celebrating that's what we do in Christ we celebrate in him
0: right right yeah so you know again the book is called upsets comebacks and and turnarounds and yeah. you know on you 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 mentioned the back cover of the book but there's something I want to read because i thought it was really powerful um mm-hmm. Because, it, you know, it talked about the book examines, the, you know, the intersection of God and sports. And then it says, it's dedicated to those in life not favored mm. to win, to those yes. voted least likely to succeed, and mm. to those picked to finish dead last or not at all. In other yes. words, the underdogs.
1: Mm. I you love know. that, man.
0: Yeah, me too. I mean, you know, yes. because to me, that just captures. Yes. It, but quite frankly, it captures more people than maybe we're comfortable with admitting, right? Thank you.
1: We yes, like to too. think
0: we all got it together. But you oh. know what? I I believe most people fall into those categories, and I count myself among them. I mean, there's times when, you know, you know, I wasn't voted. You know, people didn't think I was likely to succeed at anything. But, you know, they picked right. me dead last. They wonder how, who let me into the room. Right. You know? Right so yeah yeah and there's a lot of people right who fit into that category and who need some uplifting some encouragement some inspiration um and so that this book is dedicated to 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 you know that group of people and and that's most of us to me is powerful
1: yes yes if if not and if we're we're honest preacher it's it's most if not all of us it's the arrogant of course won't admit to it, and they won't receive it. But the Bible says that the humble received Jesus gladly, Mm -hmm. gladly. And so for all of us that, you know, I I had a rough middle school time. I don't know about anybody else, but middle school was rough for me. You know, you're, you're, you're awkward physically. You're awkward socially. You know, I had thick glasses. You know, I was picked on a lot, and I wasn't picked for teams a lot. So I know what it feels like to be passed over and to be, you know, the one that's voted least likely. But God has blessed my wife and I and we've overcome, right? And we're continuing to overcome and I think that story resonates with with a lot of people and like I said more people than maybe we're comfortable with. Um because it transcends. It transcends denomination, it transcends color, it transcends race, country, it's a global message from heaven that God sent his son to see about us because we couldn't win on our own. God, God had to come, and he had to redeem us, and he had to upset the devil. He had to bring us back from way back, and he had to turn our mess around because a lot of our messes are not the devil. It was us, mm-hmm. right? The Sixers lost to the Celtics, and I'm going right back there. The Sixers lost to <laughs> Celtics because they threw the ball away.
0: Sure did. Sure did. They, I mean, sure they did.
1: had so many turnovers. The commentators just wore them out. They, they, they struggled with turnovers all season, and they could not correct that, um, that fallacy, that problem that they had. I mean, at the end of that one game, man, Simmons threw an inbound pass away, and Embiid threw an inbound pass away, and Redick threw an inbound pass away in the same game right at the end of the game. And I talked to my friends who are Sixers fans, we we were just incredulous about how how bad they play but that's 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 how sometimes we live. We live that bad sometimes. And yet God redeems us. So I think the Sixers will be back. I'm I'm predicting that they will be back. Uh they're going to fix their their turnover issues. But like you said, those that that weren't picked, the Sixers weren't picked to go uh-huh. this far. They weren't. The Eagles, my Eagles weren't picked to win a Super Bowl. Come on. That, that's a whole other discussion in and of itself, how, you know, Wentz went down and they said we, we were the number one team in the NFL, and yet without Wentz they said we were nothing. But God had, I believe, I believe God had something else to say to teach a lesson, and he used a backup quarterback in Nick Foles to win the Super Bowl. That's my book, Upsets, Comebacks, and Turnarounds.
0: Now now let me piggyback on that because you know, we've been talking a lot about this intersection of God and sports, and yet, you know, we know that there are some who say, well, God doesn't care about sports, right? The mm. world has a lot of real issues, child hunger, um, you know, war, all kinds of things um that are far more important than who wins a game or loses a game and God doesn't care about who wins or loses a game mm-hmm. he has more important stuff to do um what's your view on that I mean mm-hmm. I heard some of what you said but how do you directly
1: respond to that I think that's a great question and I believe that God is concerned about the whole man talk about a holistic message and God is not just concerned about our spiritual side He's concerned about our our mind, our spirit, and our emotions. She's concerned about all of us. So we are spirit, soul, and body, and, and some kind of separate those three and deal with them separately. I've been taught, and I, I really learned this in seminary, that body, soul, and spirit are one, just as the Trinity are one, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. They have different rules. They have different aspects, but they are one. So if God is concerned about my spirit and my body and my soul, then he's concerned about parts of my body that my body participates in. My body participates in sports. My mind has to participate too. My spirit is involved, but it's mostly our bodies that are involved in sports. You know, it talks about staying fit and exercising. That, that's part of it but God is concerned about sports because that is an area where we get to we get to exercise if you will our spirit if that makes sense to you okay when you run you are running all, as the bible says you're running with your spirit your body is running we're running your spirit so God is concerned about i believe sports because sports is a part of our lives it always has been you go back to Greco-Roman times and the Olympics and the origination of that, Paul wrote about how we would run in a race, how we wrestle not against flesh and blood, and how we box but not as a boxer fighting the air. I think the specific answer is that God is concerned about everything that concerns us. If it concerns us, it concerns God. And sports is a part of life. Uh, people go to that message, uh, bodily exercise profit if little, right? Well, it's still profit. That's right. It says little. little You said none at all. It says little. Thank you. But it's still profit. That's right. And so you take whatever profit you can, you know, the value of a dollar and the value of a penny, you don't waste money. You know, you take care of the pennies and the dollars will take care of themselves. So if we were more diligent with taking care of our bodies and understanding how God wants us to exercise and be physically fit then there wouldn't be such a knock against sports from a Christian perspective, if, if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. I think people knock sports and don't watch sports because the athletes make too much and there's too much politics in sports. Well, still profits little. And I'll say this about, does God concern about who wins? I believe he's more concerned about the character of the players and the teams in the fight. Um so let's use this analogy if two teams two christian teams are playing right you heard the joke two christian coaches come to each other before the game and they say uh i'm going to win because god's on our side okay well, okay, well really who, who, who is, whose prayer is going to get answered mm-hmm. i believe god's concerned about the outcome of the heart than the outcome of the body in that instance so is is a loss going to benefit you more than a win then god might allow you to lose and not win so you can learn some lessons that's i believe how god uses sports in in a powerful way
0: Hmm. yeah and you you talked about you know you said hey the things that you know god is concerned about the things that you know that concern us i mean and the scripture even says right that he will perfect those things that concern yes. us, right? So the things yeah. that concern us, and God is, you know, what is man that thou art mindful of My him, life. right? So,
2: yeah.
0: so, you know, God has us on his mind, right? Yes. And, you know, where do we see that there's a a um, exclusion from certain mm. activities? Well, I, I, right. I care, I'm mindful of this, but not that, right? I don't see that, exactly. Right? God um,
1: is not an a la carte God. Right. Right. He, he's concerned about you at church, but he doesn't care what you do at home. No, no. God is real concerned about <laughs> right. what you do at home. Right? right. Right. He's real concerned about what you do at home over, over sometimes what you do in church. Right. So right. if what you do at home is exercising, is playing sports with your sons, Right. Mm. Taking them out to hit a baseball. One of my fondest memories was when my sons were young and they played t-ball. Uh, peewee baseball, and so my son, my older son, was struggling with hitting. And so my, my father came down, and he watched the game, and DJ, I don't think he got a hit, if I recall correctly. He he might have struck out two or three times, and he was devastated. He was, you know, and he's seven, eight years old. He cried, and, and my father, being the wise, wise, sage man that he was, great-grandfather, he said, DJ, I didn't come to see you hit. I come to see you. And I came to see you, and I'm proud of you. And so that, that gave him energy and hope. And so we, we, I think we videotaped my son and found out he was golfing. You know, he, he didn't have a, 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 a smooth swing. Um, and so we, we straightened it out, and he started hitting. But I will never forget how my father was concerned about him. Yeah, he came for the game, but he was concerned about DJ. And DJ's love for my father, I think, sprang from that moment. I know it did because he was such a blessing to my son and he continued to get better based on the fact that my father encouraged him and he loved the game. And uh, so God God honored that, right? Mm -hmm. God honored his love for the game and my father's love for DJ and we all came together around sports. It was a wonderful family time and it was a growing tool for my son that that's an intersection of god and sports wow yeah
0: that, that that's beautiful now in addition to the book um you know i mentioned also that you know you have a a blog right godandsports.net yeah. um and how long have have you been you know how, how long have you had the blog
1: i have been blogging Four years, and that's another miracle testimony. Um, I went to Regent University and um, was blessed to get my Master's in Divinity and made a lot of friends there. So one of my classmates encouraged me to take a course called Internet Evangelism. And, you know, we, we, we're all students and we understand how school works. Some, some classes are harder than others, okay, it's, it's the truth. Uh, Greek wore me out. Greek war. Well, I mean, Greek beat my butt to use. If that's okay to say, <laughs> I mean it is. Right. <laughs> but but this course was not Greek. Okay, it wasn't. It didn't take as much effort or energy or or studying or prep. But I took it anyway. Like I said, it's lighter. I'll take the class. I love the class. And one of the projects, or the project actually was to create a blog. And so I took the opportunity to launch God in Sports. I compiled all the notes that I had on different things, and, and I started with something, and I've been blogging ever since. It, it ministers to me, number one, I'm writing for myself, and I said, if someone else reads and I'm blessed, that's just gravy, because I'm really, I'm writing to encourage myself, and it gives me a platform to, and I knew all along when I started the blog that I wanted to turn Some of the blogs into a book or move toward a book and so it just helps me write writers have to write i was told writers need to write every day and so that's one of my passions i like to write like to write full time and so the blog helps me to stay current with uh what's going on in the world of sports i'm I'm just trying to be a a color analyst if you will i'm not trying to be play by play I'm, i'm an analyst i just try to give you what happened after the game, or give you a picture of what happened before the series, and give you a lesson, or give you the God slant, if you will, of what happened. Um, so I guess one of my recent blogs was um, about the sixes, Of course, let's go back there. How um, of I course. Think the title of the blog, <laughs> right, one point. Right, Simmons. All those that remember Ben Simmons yes, one point, uh, the presumptive rookie of the year. Uh, scored one point, but uh, he'll learn from that. And I, I do believe that it was it was a life lesson for Simmons. Uh, I think he played a little too tight, he tried too hard. Um, for, for sports fans, I remember John Wall. When he played the Celtics last season in Game 7 in Boston, he had to be benched because he was too tight and he wasn't flowing with the game and the coach had to sit him down because he was erratic that that's something you have to learn how to play through that and that's that's playoff experience um so yeah ben simmons one point uh, he'll learn from that uh, he better <laughs> learn from
0: that <laughs> yeah i mean you know the thing that um i am struck uh by um with the blog among other things um is the frequency i mean because i you know i um I went on it today, you know, and I've been reading Mm -hmm. it, you know, the last few weeks and I went on it today and and you had an article about, you know, essentially was saying Houston better win tonight. Now the game was last night. And by the time this airs, that series may be over, who knows, but you know, as, as as, as of right now when we're Mm -hmm. speaking, right, it's tied one, one Houston and, um, and, and golden state. And, you know, your blog before the game, was like, mm-hmm. they either win tonight or this series is over.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was my prophecy. <laughs> right? That's right. That's right. And I really I really expected the Warriors to win. I really did, because it was slanted toward the Warriors. I'm a Warriors fan. I love Curry. I love Kerr. Um, I love this style of play. The Sixers patterned themselves after the Warriors, by the way. But I think Harden had something to prove, and he proved it. I mean, I had mm-hmm. to give him his props. Uh, James Harden is the presumptive MVP of the league, so he he had to prove that he could galvanize his team and rally his team after after a tough loss at home, right? They've got the home court advantage, yet they lost game one. That's never good. Um, So really, a lot of pressure on Harden, a lot of pressure on Houston, and it came through, so I'm happy for them. I still think Mm -hmm. the Warriors are going to win the series, though. Uh, That's just me.
0: Right, you, you know, as as you were speaking just now, something just really, you know, crossed my mind, and and it's this: it's um, you know, you know, you you mentioned, I mentioned, right? You're a pastor, you know, you you got your masters of divinity, um, you know, um, you know, we and all that comes with that supposedly, and yet as I'm listening to you speak, I mean you know, you know, your sports, right. And, and that may be a surprise to some people, you know what I mean? Because maybe there's this perception, right. Well, okay. That you walk around with a Bible underneath your arms all the time,
2: Mm
0: -hmm. uh, and a concordance in the other hand, and, (laughs) you know, standing on the corner with a, with a, you know, with a foghorn, you know, (laughs) saying, you know, calling people to repentance. And and yet, the, what I find to be a beautiful thing is, you can be, you know, again that man of faith, but yet you still know the game,
1: right? Love it, man. Yeah, love it, love it. You know what happened? Let me tell you the story, preacher. I went to a conference. I was away on business, I believe, and a game was on in the hotel lobby bar. Okay, in that bar, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, and some older gentlemen. seeing that thing was basketball and it might even been the celtics so i i I love to talk to people that's one of my passions i I just love to engage people and to to share with them one-on-one and so i sat down and engaged in conversation with these two older gentlemen as we watched the game and you would have thought brother preacher that we were lifelong buddies we talked and, it, you know, a sports fan loves to talk history with other sports fans to kind of test them and see how much they remember and, you sure. know, they got the facts right. So when the Celtics played the Sixers in this series, of course, it brought back memories of, of Dr. J and Moses Malone and Larry Bird and Kevin McHale, Robert Parrish, brought memories, man, just all flooding back. And before my time, of course, it's uh, Wilt Chamberlain and Bill Russell. But the rivalry of Philly and Boston transcends age, sex, race. It transcends. So I remember in that bar talking to those gentlemen. And, and my dream is to be able to converse with anyone anywhere about sports and then lead them to the gospel of Jesus Christ so that they come to faith through sports. Because you teach a lesson. We just talked about Simmons scoring one point so that that obviously is a horrible setback that he really agonized after that loss but he rebounded and one blog that wrote years ago was called bounce back ability
2: uh.
1: and that's something that Christians have to have and we have it in God we make it bounced around we get kicked around we get knocked to the curb but through the power of God we have bounced back ability we can bounce back from anything, right? Jesus bounced back from the cross. He bounced back Mm. from the grave. We can bounce back from anything that the devil throws at us. And so that is the victory we have, and that's the analogy of, okay, you can suffer a a bad loss, but what are you gonna do after the loss, okay? Uh, We we each have suffered loss in our lives uh, recently. If I may, may go there, Brother Preacher, uh-huh. but, but God has given you and your wife and your family to bounce back. Right. And it's because of the power of God, and we get that analogy from where? From sports. Uh, that's, the, that, that's the connection that we have. And I think that will speak volumes to people watching our lives and seeing how we come back from way back. And yeah. God doesn't, doesn't set us up to fall. He sets us up for victory.
0: Yeah, that's good stuff. You, you know, um, you had mentioned Sports Illustrated earlier in, in this conversation. And, you know, I've you know i been a subscriber to Sports Illustrated for years. And, um, you know, over the years, I've really enjoyed reading the longer pieces mm. in the magazine that, yeah. you know, sort of, you know, dealt with the person you know, not so much the athlete, where he or she came from, what Mm -hmm. they went through, what they over, you know, the things they had to overcome, the challenges they had from the beginning and all that stuff. And sometimes, you know, just human, human inspiration, you know what I mean? And I, I enjoy those stories because look, athletes are people and we all come from somewhere and we all have to go through certain things to get to where we you know, where we arrive and athletes are no different. And so I always enjoyed reading those longer pieces because Mm. it put that human element on, on the hero element. You know what I mean? Because we sort of like, we look at athletes as heroes. And so that can have all kinds of connotations that are not real. But then when we see that it's that human element to it, then, you know, then I think we can really get some of the inspiration and the points that you're talking about, because all athletes, mm-hmm. they overcome some things. They come back from some that's things. Sure. They, they, sure. they do, you know, uh, are a part of an upset. And this is even before they get to the game. It's just getting to the point right. where they made the team um, and all the things that's that you life. talk about. Right. And that's where that's, you know, we can get that inspiration. And I think because of our affinity for sports. We understand those concepts. Yes. But then when you bring it in and say, but this is what this is what it's all about. This is what mm-hmm. scripture is about. This is what life is about. This is what God is about. It right. now can take something that's already ingrained in us as a society because mm-hmm. of our affinity to sports and bring home more powerful points that can really change a life
1: around. I believe it, man. I believe when people read stories like that, they are changed. Um, going back to my course at Regent, Internet Evangelism, my professor coached me, coached me right on on preparing and preparing, uh, kind of setting up the blog. And I had um, I had a page on the blog that was something like um, testimonials. He said, "Dave, hey, don't call it testimonials." Call it Life-Changing Stories. Hmm. I said, wow, that that just impacted me. Just that little nugget, you know, we want to change lives. And the story of your life can change other lives. Mm -hmm. The story of Michael Orr, right, from The Blind Side. Um, uh, We were blessed to show that film to my mother-in-law, and I was trying to think of a good movie for Mother's Day. Uh, That film, Blind Side, is an outstanding Mother's Day film. I mean think about it this, yeah this 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 caucasian Southern belle you know gets her family to adopt this this black boy from the other side of the tracks and they bring him into the family and they love him, and he goes on to win the Super Bowl with the mm-hmm. baltimore ravens that man that that powerful that that story just transcends um and you really don't know you don't remember how good that film is. it's an outstanding film, Sandra Bullock got a uh, Best Actress uh, Award for her performance in that film. So, like you said, these these stories, man, can change lives if we just peel back the layers of the onion and really get to what these what these athletes went through, right, to get yeah. where they are. No yeah. one gets where they are overnight. It doesn't happen, and and you don't just arrive. You go through something, and I believe that's God's way of of really. Um, taking us through trials and tribulations because of the trial of our faith work is patience mm. and patience experience and experience hope and hope doesn't make us ashamed. shame. It's not
0: a shame, that's right. Yes, that's yes. right. Well, let me ask you um, a few things here before before we wrap up. Um, what are some of your thoughts on, if you have any, on on Christian athletes, you know, whether it's Tebow or Curry or Lynn, Russell mm-hmm. Wilson and others who um use their platforms uh to you know to glorify god you know some you mm-hmm. know you we've heard for example in a different context right when colin kaepernick is taking a knee you know many right. fans have responded listen do that on your own time right, right? not during yeah. the game i'm here to watch the game do that on your mm-hmm. own time and we've heard something you know you hear things similar to that when it comes to athletes right. who are glorifying God. Yeah. what What are your thoughts about uh, athletes using their platform in that way
1: i i am I am all for it, and I will say this. I will say, as you said earlier, the underdogs are not necessarily the ones that we choose, all right. God chooses them, and God chooses the unlikely. I believe it with all my heart. He chooses the unlikelies the also-rans because he chooses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise and the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And so I looked at Tebow, and, you know, he really went through. He really went through, and I felt for him. Uh, I thought he was, he was typecast, if you understand that term. You know, you think of, uh, 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 you think of a, uh, a movie star, and sometimes you only think of them in one role. The bad guy right you just you can't see them in any other role and i think that's what happens sometimes to christian athletes i'm 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 almost certain that's what happened to Tebow. but for instance you know sometimes you can use your platform and your good is evil spoken of and and that bible says let not your good be evil spoken of Mm -hmm. and so what do i mean by that i mean that we have to be careful not to bring shame to the name of christ even if we we call ourselves you know glorifying god and what we're doing we have to be careful because if what i'm doing is not glorifying god then really i'm doing it for myself right it's for selfish gain right. and i think and and that that takes god to discern We're we're not we're not People say, I'm fruit inspector. No, you, God didn't call you to be a fruit inspector. God <laughs> just called you to shine your light, right? That, right. That's being judgmental. But let, let's talk about Russell Wilson, for instance. I love Russell Wilson. Um, his story is, is powerful. He, when he came into the league and he went to Seattle and, he, you know, they won the Super Bowl, he, as the story goes, visited a children's ward at a hospital, I think it was a cancer ward. And so he showed up once and the nurses, I think he showed up, and the nurses were like, fine, this is just a photo op. He'll never be back. Russell Wilson, as the story goes, went back consistently. I don't know if it was every week, every month. Whatever consistency was, he came consistently, and he won the staff over. We're not talking about the kids. We're talking about the staff. Mm. So we're talking about his off-the-field behavior, and that, that's another message, right? You can, you can look one way on the field what what is your off the field persona
2: Mm -hmm. are
1: you living for christ are you exemplifying christ-like behavior on and off of the court or the field not all christian athletes do right i mean we we might be seen praying we might be seen kneeling in a circle with with both sides of the team after the the whistle blows but it's our character it's how we live every day that god is judging I, I, I love when Christian athletes use their platform to the glorify God. Um, using my Eagles, um, Wentz and Foles and the coach Peterson all gave glory to their Lord and Savior Jesus Christ after the Super Bowl win. I loved it. But I believe that that public testimony is backed up by their private lives, from what I've seen. And so I think we as Christians, and especially. Athletes who are under a a finer microscope and a brighter light need to make sure that they exemplify Christ like behavior on and off the field. That that's my prayer.
2: Hmm. Yes, sir.
1: Okay. Well, um, let me ask you.
0: You know, what's on the horizon for you in mm-hmm. terms of other projects? You you alluded to it a little bit, but do you have anything definitive that you believe at this point is going to be a follow-up to your book. Um, you know, you, as you said here, upsets comebacks and turnarounds deals with old Testament, um, yes. you know, yes. biblical figures. Um, but you s- suggested that there may be some that you, know, you have some ideas of, of some new Testament and even others, cause you mentioned David as well. So um, yes. another book in the works, you think?
1: Absolutely, sir. In fact, I have sketched an outline, and I, I, I'm, a, I'm an Old Testament preacher. That, that's, my, that's my label. I love the Old Testament. I love the stories of the Old Testament. I grew up listening to the old, old-timey bishops, man, that preached the Old Testament. And so that's ingrained in me. And so my next book is going to be actually volume two, Upsets, Comebacks, and Turnarounds in the Life of David. Um, uh, because I just love how David literally got out of every nook and cranny, every every scrape that he got himself in, he got himself out. And it was really God that got him out. We know that. Um, but I wanna write about the life of David first and I'm gonna weave in the the Sixers check that. I'm sorry, I'm still thinking about the Sixers. The Eagles Super Bowl win. <laughs> um because that was supernatural i've talked to a lot of people man i've talked to a lot of people about sports and if i run into you on the street and you got an Eagles skirt on or eagle's hat on we're going to get loud okay we're going to get loud and we're going to relive the season so i want to write about david and 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 the eagles and then i'll go into the new testament because i think there's opportunity uh to write many more volumes this i think it, it, it it's it's readable, it, it's it's portable, it's not as long as maybe I want the other volumes to be, but I think for First Effort, man, I, I'm I'm just thanking God that um, I've gotten this far and I look forward to, to the next level.
0: Yeah, so I'm looking forward to it as well. And I will say this, you know, Paul said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And yeah. I can tell you this, it's been by the grace of God that I've been able to um, – you know, patiently hear all of the happiness in your voice about your Eagles because you know I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. And,
1: and, <laughs> I knew I knew it was coming. <laughs> I knew it was coming. You
0: know, and yeah, uh, uh, but uh, but you know I I can relate to the points that you're making regarding the you know the Eagles and and um. Even though I, I, I'm a Cowboys fan, it, you know, that's mm-hmm. that's secondary to, you know, greater things, you know what I mean? And so, yeah. um, you know, to the extent you're talking about athletes and coaches and, and others who, you know, are um, not only good at what they do, you know, in terms of their talent, their physical talent, right. and abilities and, and, and for the coaches, their coaching ability. But then also they live their life in a certain way. They They profess their their you know their love of christ and they they live that out and they go out there and perform i mean you know i have to appreciate all of that even if you know you know i wear the star on the side of my helmet and (laughs) and we haven't we haven't had too much success in recent years
1: well, it, and it, it goes deeper, and we, we, we'll be on the phone all night. We'll have to close, but I wrote about Dez, If you haven't seen that one, no, I, I gotta check Dez that one out. Yeah, man. Uh, Why Dallas dumped Dez, Right, that, that's the one I wrote about. I wrote about Ezekiel Elliott last year about mm. um, about character, um, and and so I, I I've, I'm a I'm a I'm a Landry fan. All right, I love the Cowboys back when they had Staubach and Landry and Golden Richards, man. So, so that's where I come from. And I think the NFC East has some of the strongest teams. We all know that, the best division in football. Um, but moving forward, I think the competition is going to be fierce because you know now the Eagles have that that monkey off their back, but now they've got a bullseye on the back because now everyone's gunning for them. No and it's going to be it's going to be harder to repeat. I think they can, but to repeat is going to be much harder than than to win it the first time. And winning the first time was no walk in the park. So uh, y'all coming for us? The Giants are coming for us. You know the Redskins. Well, we don't know what they're doing, but but that's not here being hit on that uh. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, we'll Pastor, see, this has man, been it great. Is gonna be, it's gonna be, fun to watch. Um, yeah, it's gonna be it fun to watch.
0: It is. Yeah. yeah. But you know, this is this has been great, Pastor David uh, Hunter. That's and again, we've been talking about your book, upsets, comebacks, and turnarounds. And before we go, I have to say, you know, for those who who are listening and may be
1: interested, how how can they get their hands on the book? Yes, sir. The publisher is Page Publishing out of New York, and I've been told that the book should be available on Amazon.com uh, beginning of June. So look out for it on Amazon.com and Barnes and Noble. You can order the ebook online or order your hard copy as well. And I will definitely get uh, alerts out. Um, check the blog. We'll get alerts out. Um, we're going to tweet it out. We're going to get it out every way we can. But. Early June, the electronic version should be available. So thank you, okay. sir. Thank you for having us. It's been wonderful.
0: Sure, and it's been great having you. So Pastor David Hunter, thanks for stopping by and uh uh I'm sure we'll we'll talk we'll we'll talk again soon and especially, you know, now that I know how deep you are into into your sports. You you, you know your sports, and so you know, once the NFL season kicks off, you know, maybe yeah, you and sure I have me. some conversations.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah Was man. That... We we we're looking forward to it. You're 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 a stone's throw from Philly, so um we'll have to circle the dates with Dallas and Philly play. We'll just have to see what we got to do about that.
0: Right, right. Okay. Well great having you, uh uh Pastor David Hunter. Thank you. You won't find a conversation on any old sports show like the one we just had with Pastor David Hunter. The discussion about the interplay between God and sports was fascinating to say the least. Not every person will agree with the premise, but as the stylistics once sang, people make the world go round. You don't know that song. But that's alright. The bottom line is we just went on a fascinating spin in the world of ideas, and it was wonderful. We're about to spin on up out of here now, so I'm calling on my man Scully to do his thing. Until we meet again, hit us up. Let us know how we're doing. Leave a review, comment, or remark. It means a lot to us. And so do you. And so we hope to see you next time right here on Sports 360. Scully, where you at?